you've got a product, you've got a service, you've got a business you want to take out into the world and launch. But how do you pick a niche market? How do you know where to focus your sales and marketing energy? What is the line between sales and marketing and where do you go? What would it take to become the hero of your own life? To build the business you've always dreamt of? To make money doing something you love? It's time to take control. Can we get on with making money and having fun now? I'm not doing it if it's not fun. Join the rebellion with Alan Donegan and welcome to Rebel Entrepreneur. This is part of the Rebel Entrepreneur coaching series. The idea is that you can learn and grow along with a new entrepreneur who is launching their business. What I found at Pop-Up is that I end up having the same conversations again and again and again with people who are launching businesses. And quite often the problems that you are facing have been faced by everyone else who's launching a business as well. So in this episode, you're going to meet Curtis and Curtis is launching a software business and he wanted to talk about how do I sell it? How do I market? How do I get it out into the world? Now, there is so much value in this conversation for your business because it's the same issues that every small business has. We met Curtis at the pop-up business school in Charleston in early 2020. And you'll also hear at the end of the interview, the producer of our show, Ben, will chime in with a couple of ideas as well. And you're going to hear Curtis uncovering how to sell his product or business. And I want you to listen and take the ideas and apply them to your business as you go. Let's get straight into interview one. Curtis, what's the business idea? Where are you at the moment with your business? So my business is Jackson Technologies. My last name is Jackson, and I am creating a product called AutoApp. I have built a low-code platform to help stand up database web applications quickly and take out the cost of using developers. The goal is to configure the application for small to medium-sized businesses through an interface, primarily focusing on their data model, and then that converts into an application where they can store data, edit data, do data analytics, reporting, and run their business on it. There's no specific industry or niche that I'm going after since all small and medium-sized businesses are using databases and web applications to manage their business day-to-day. I have not focused on a specific industry yet. Cool. So that sounds exciting, but I have no idea what it is, Curtis. <laughs> um. Great. That's why I'm working on this. <laughs> so, but yeah. So what gra- does it do for people? A great example where I'm my initial target, since I'm a small company at the moment, is to go after companies that may be using spreadsheets to manage their business. So think of a small company that may have a handful of spreadsheets. They're storing their customer information or their sales information or maybe their product catalog, and they're managing using spreadsheets. And they get to a point where they want to then put into a database, possibly interact with that data in an application. There's a couple options they can do. They can buy something off the shelf, but they have to find something that meets their specific needs. Or they can go buy a product that may be out there like a CRM, a Salesforce.com, and it's very expensive. The other option they can do is go either hire a consulting company or have an in-house developer. And development tends to either A, take longer than planned, or B, become costly. So the goal is to take that spreadsheet, import that data, do some configurations through an interface, 
and turn that into a web application where there are no developers creating that application. So by spelling out that example, you can see it takes out the cost and time of the developers. And that's really the main focus of this. Another key demographic or user base would be a company that's got old technology or something that was built for them some time ago, and they want to refresh it, use newer technologies, or their businesses change. They have lots of new needs from a data perspective. But again, the cost to get a developer to come in and custom build that is pricey. So if we can use a low-code platform where you can just configure through an interface and then rapidly stamp that application, the cost and time gets taken out. Awesome. that make better sense? Yes, I think so. Awesome. So the answer to every question in marketing is who is your customer? So if you're talking to a CTO, chief technology officer who has lots of knowledge, understands the words, the cost, that sounds like to me the language you're using. If you're speaking to a small business owner who has 12 staff, those words aren't going to resonate and they're going to talk about their pain in a different way. So I guess the question I'm asking is, who's your customer? Who Your first best guess, who do you think you're going to sell this to? That's a great question. And it's one that I'm struggling with in trying to figure out. So I do have a customer that I am working with. I'm in beta right now, and they are my guinea pig. They are a small insurance brokerage company that is doing their business using spreadsheets. And they have given me all their spreadsheets, and we are using my application to convert it into a web application. To answer your direct question, it would be any small business that has data that they use to run their business. I'm sorry. <laughs> it feels like you're describing every small business it in America. It, this has been my biggest struggle is trying to figure out, since I don't have a niche or a specific industry, I'm not tying my application to business rules around a industry. It is really what is the data that you use to run your business and how do you interact with that data? Once I have that feedback from an end user, I then say, okay, here's how we can make that very pretty in an interface through an application versus a spreadsheet and allow you to interact with that data and give other users the ability to log in and operate at the same time. Again, going from a spreadsheet model to a web application model. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. The challenge you've got with marketing is the broader the market, you're just firing marketing randomly out there that may or may not hit the mark. And you'll spend a lot of money, you'll have a lot of conversations, and you don't know if what you've got, they'll pay for it, they'll be useful, whatever it is. So the key to getting the product started is to identify a very small group of people that would be interested and to become famous in that niche if you're American or niche if you're English. So when I heard you speak about your initial guinea pig, yes. which is the insurance company, my head immediately goes, if they have that pain and you're helping them, I guarantee other insurance companies have that pain. So I would find the proof of concept, get some quotes from them, maybe even film them going, this changed our business, we no longer have to faff with Excel spreadsheets. Right. Faff is a British word, I don't know what the American equivalent is. Mess um, around with. Mess around with, <laughs> yes. We always have to remember to translate. Um, <laughs> but if we can get them saying this has really changed things for us, right. then we just go out to all the other insurance companies. So one of the tests of is it a good niche, is it a good niche to market to is, can you type it into Google? and get a result. 
from what you were saying earlier, small businesses with data. If I type that into Google, I'll, you're going to get... That would be a challenge. Yes. But if I type insurance companies, South Carolina, well, now I'm seeing a list. Direct names, direct people. We can Maybe just ring them. number, size number of employees to even refine it further. Yes. Okay. That's and then great. we can just ring them. And the key to marketing is how quickly can we take action and start speaking to the exact customer? So if I were you... My approach to this would be finish the guinea pig piece or maybe develop the guinea pig piece further. Get some testimonials from the guinea pig saying this is excellent. It did this. It did that. We weren't expecting this. I would also ask your guinea pig, what's the biggest problem I solved? Because sometimes you don't actually know, like there's side effects to what you're doing that you don't even know. They didn't even expect it to fix this problem. Right. And... I've gotten some feedback from them, and, and my this is all great information. This is fantastic. So how I got them is through, I, I knew this person through my professional network, informed him what I was doing, and he's like, well, we use spreadsheets to run our business, and that's how we made the connection. And the challenge they had is it's great to track everything in a spreadsheet, but now they wanted to figure out how they should change their marketing and reduce their cost of the number of mailings they were sending. And he's like, if we had this in an application where we could actually slice and dice the data and do some things that we can't do in Excel, as well as give multiple people the ability to see this data, it would change our business. So the follow-up question I think I just heard you say is, how has this changed your business? What has this improved in your process once they've got this application in front of them? And I think that that's amazing. The other key thing I guess I should have touched on is it's a selling point, but want to get past this stage, is once this application is up, then the cost of maintaining the application, much like the cost of developing an application, is dramatically less because they can change the application on the fly. It's all dynamic. It's all through an interface. And he's aware of that. So he's like, our data model is going to change. We're going to have other Excel spreadsheets that we would do. So in the future, we'd want to add those. And since this is all built on a platform that you can configure, he knows that they can change that model, change their application, and it'll alter as their business needs alter. So I, the feedback is great. Thank you. So that that pain that you've just described fixing, that we just need to find other people with the same pain yes. and go sell it to them. And go sell it to That's them. it. Because you've already proved it works. You yep. can show the figures, the time saving, the money saving, the mental capacity saving, right. the smoothing of the process. Right. So... I would be saying, let's get out Google right now, look up a list of insurance companies around here, and start ringing them. One thought I had was asking him for referrals or other people, whether it be competitors or other people in the industry that he's working with that he thought might be able to use these services. Once we got past that stage, I didn't want to ask ahead of time, of course, but get them up and running, show the success, show the improvements in time, costs, process, and then ask, do you know others that would be able to use this? Because he has mentioned going to conferences within his industry, specifically around trying to find technologies to meet their needs. And he has said that they've had some challenges. So that was a thought I had is maybe asking him for leads or referrals. Thoughts on that? Do it. Do <laughs> yes. It takes a few seconds. Do it. Absolutely. Right. Okay. One of the challenges with marketing is that there is so much you could do. What I like to do with the businesses we help is work out what's the three things we're actually going to do. Because if you try and do all of marketing, 
it soon becomes overwhelming. So if we are going to look up a list of companies and ring them, we're going to ask for referrals, so the people we've already yes. met, and then the third thing, and those are the three marketing activities we're going to do for the first few weeks. Go full out, see which ones produce results, and then based on those results, we either ditch that method or we go full in yes. and do more of it. Because you might find ringing those 20 insurance companies in Charleston gets you enough leads to build the business without anything. Or you might find insurance companies don't, it's just them. Right. They, not everyone has this problem. The only way to do it is to test and measure. That's great feedback. So marketing is all test and measure. So we're going to pick three methods, test, measure the results, based on those results, decide which ones we keep and which ones we ditch, okay. and then do the same again. And that that's marketing. Let's test and measure. I have a question then, because I had another thought on marketing or how I would get my name out there. So my original thought, and thank you for the feedback on the insurance company, because I wasn't thinking of going after the same industry as him. I was thinking of I'm sure most entrepreneurs start this way, thinking of going to my network, my professional network. And so I was going to reach out on some Facebook groups and things that I know would be great to speak to a very small, specific market, people that I know in my area, and inform them what I'm doing, since it is a, as we started this, a very broad market. It's web applications, right? That's that's very broad. And ask them, do you know of any small to medium-sized businesses that may have this need, and offer to stand up an application for a qualified lead from a close friend or professional contact because the cost of me standing up the application since it's automated is not anything greater than my time. And I didn't know if that would open the door to then someone can see the application working in real time in very short turnaround and potentially lead to being a client. Now, I know I can't just offer that to the world because that would be time consuming, but in a close network where it was a direct referral, I thought that might be a good approach, but I don't know if that is. So I think it is, if you're doing as a test and they have a genuine need, I would not put that offer out there straight away. Okay. I would be asking the question, and I think it's defining what the problem is you're fixing. So if you go to your network and say, do you know any small to medium businesses who work on spreadsheets? Everyone's going to say yes. They might say yes, they oh. might say no, they might say I have no idea. Okay, but I, yeah. I wouldn't find that an easy question to answer. Yeah. So what's the better question to answer? Do you have any companies that you know? Do you have anyone you know that's struggling with data handling? I don't know what... The key to a question for your network is their ability to answer it. So One example. Sorry. No, I was going to say that you just triggered a thought. Well, the question might be refined to... Do you have know any contacts or companies that are struggling because of the cost or time to get their data into a web application or having a hard time finding products to fit their needs and are needing to go out and have custom applications developed that are expensive, and I have an alternative approach to solving that problem? But that's, again, back to what you said earlier. Would they know that? Would they know that that's speaking more to a CTO level or someone who knows that level of technology? And this is where I'm struggling. The marketing side of this is where I'm struggling, which is why I'm appreciating this advice and feedback from you. <laughs> so actually, maybe our three methods are one, ask for referrals, two, speak to other insurance companies, and three, speak to our network and say, I'm launching this business. Here's three individual case applications. 
So for me, marketing is always about the specificity with which people can understand it. If it's very generic, we create web applications. You go, uh, okay, good. If it's a very specific, so one example would be insurance companies. We help insurance companies deal with their data, make it smooth and save them any money. Do you know any insurance companies? That's a question I can answer. I can't answer, do I know anyone who's struggling to develop web applications? Now, that's a very specific. So it's the, how specific are you with that exact case usage? The challenge you've got is you don't know at the moment. So I think we need to follow the one you've got and then ask your network, maybe even it's a question, how else would you, if they're technology experts, how else would you apply this? Here's my business. Here's what I'm starting. I'm actually trying to think, what would you think the applications would be? Yeah. They'll give you ideas. Right. And then let's develop that and see if they're actual uses of it. Because if we can't specifically say use it for this, customers aren't generally imaginative enough to come up with the usage for you. Right. And how much do you recommend people referring to other products or services in the same space as a point of reference? So I was having a conversation earlier and I said, well, do you know what Salesforce.com is? And they knew what it was. And I said, okay, well, think of that for small to medium-sized businesses. And they immediately sort of understood what I was talking about versus trying to explain you know, it's automatic and it's using metadata and all these technology terms that will scare people off, will scare people off. And, and which is why I'm here to refine and understand how to detail that for a person who may just want to use that application or in a business that would be using the application, but not understand how it's built and created. So in conversations, I've referred to salesforce.com or other tools that are used to rapidly build applications. And it, you see the light bulb go on immediately and it makes the conversation and the dialogue much, much easier. And in that case, you know, it's not necessarily insurance specific and they can immediately see it. So thoughts on that? I think it's a great way of doing it. Okay. That's how all movies are sold. There you go. <laughs> Die hard on a bus. Speed. speed. right? Like you get it yes. in an instant. Yes. We need to find a way where you can say what you do and people go, got okay. it. Yeah. I can help find someone or it's for me. And that's Definitely that key bit. So if that's the area you want to focus on is we're helping you with your customer data and imagine salesforce.com, but without the 20 grand check or whatever it and is. That is and exactly it's for small what I'm business. going for. That is, so we just spent 10 minutes discussing it and you just got to exactly what I've been trying to figure out how to refine when I'm talking to people. So that was it in a nutshell. <laughs> then you can say it in 30 seconds. People will get it. Yeah, It's perfect. What's the only way to know if it works though? Ask my customers. That exact pitch, go tell 20 people that you think would be interested and see what their reaction is. That's the only way to know. Because I think that's exactly it, is the the targeting and going, yeah. this is what it is. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. You're saying it's like salesforce.com for, for this. I told you, I think I told you yesterday, this is the part I've been struggling with is the marketing and the sales because I am, so I'm a technology person. I get all, and I know I have lots of friends like, dude, I don't know what you're saying to me. And well, I get that it. first sentence. Yeah. Um, I was there going, I still don't know what you do, yep. and you've spoken for two minutes. That's right. <laughs> I had a gentleman come to me. He heard me speak yesterday, and he sat down, and he has, he's running his business on a spreadsheet. But we sat and chatted for five minutes, and I kind of made the analogies. As he, and I told him, I said, send me your spreadsheet, and I'll convert it into an application. I'm happy to do it so you can try it and use it because I need to also continue to proof out the concept. I was like, you don't even need to pay me, which may not be the right thing to say. <laughs> you may not recommend it. But I was like, 
help me guinea pig this thing because he's got a really simple spreadsheet. He told me, I was like, that would take me literally 15 minutes and I could, you could have a web application you could log in and use it. That's absolutely what you should do. I started speaking for free. I started giving away my training courses just to get out there. And then you find out, oh, it didn't work for this, but it did work for this. And once you found that usage case, I found housing associations wanted my course. As soon as I knew a housing association wanted it, what did I do? Find a list of everyone in the country and go go for them. them. Yes, absolutely. Insurance companies might be it, it might not, but that's a great starting point. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll have to refer to the Salesforce thing. Because I will tell you, my vision, when I started this, like I literally wrote a vision. My vision was I had envisioned myself walking into a pitch and either taking a spreadsheet or knowing their data in advance through preparation with conversations and converting it into an application on the fly in front of them. Like literally saying, let's import mm. this spreadsheet, let's click a couple buttons in a five minute time frame. And here's your application. Now you see what you had in a spreadsheet. You're now using it in an application. Oh, and here's how you can search your data. And here's how you can, you know, and demo their live data in an application because that is where I'm going to take this thing to. So, I mean, it is basically the Salesforce.com model. It's just I'm going at it in my own approach for small to mid-sized businesses. You can do that. Oh, you should see how much I built. I mean, there will be no quitting. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I work... Weekends, nights, I love it. I do. I actually love writing it. So that's the part I love doing. I left here last night and worked till 10.30. Awesome. So, yeah. I won't stop. It'll be done. (laughs) Then let's just do that. I would start doing those pitches exactly as you described. Okay. Let's ring 10 medium-sized insurance brokers in town and let's go do the pitches. Awesome. I think people make marketing too complex. Right. It's like, I need all this process and I need to do ads that generate this into an See, automated I, this. Just bring 10 people and sell it. And I feel like I couldn't even, like even doing Facebook ads, it would do me no good because without me explaining it and having a connection to someone, I couldn't, I would you have need no to be way in front of getting, of them. I do, and I know that to get me started because my goal is for it to be self-servicing. I mean, I want to grow this and hire people and turn to a full-blown software company where it gets so advanced on the interface where people can have their employees configure their own apps without a professional services side. but out of the gate, it's going to have to be someone hand-holding and onboarding and, and getting them up and running, and hopefully over time. Which is Sean's story from Sean, yesterday. I, I, I mean, he what is— What a great story. Well, I mean, I've worked for him for eight years, and he, I mean, I truly look up to him. Like, he's done what I want to do. I mean, I want to, you know, I want to— They want a birthday tracker. Okay. I was laughing. I'll deal with that. I was laughing. <laughs> I told him afterward. I had not heard that story. I knew the Blue Cross Blue Shield story, but when he, when he was telling that one, I talked to him afterward. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, well, my application, I could do that for you in one minute right in now. <laughs> like, yeah. Literally, I could configure your birthday thing on a screen and sh- and give you an application that <laughs> I was like. But that's going to people and saying, what's your problems? What do you need fixing? Right. What's the thing that annoys you? What's right. The, right. Those are the conversations. Unless yeah. we get you out there. Yeah. Talking to people, people right. will never find those right. opportunities. It's funny because he said, he was, we manage all stuff on spreadsheets, and he's like, we can do it. He's like, it's a pain in the ass, but we can do it. He's like, but we have no way to look at it and figure out how to reduce our cost for our mailings because we're sending it, we're just doing the shotgun, and then we only get this really low return. He goes, but if we could get our data into a database and actually start doing some evaluation and stuff like that, he's like, even if we just cut the number of mailings, we, he's like, we could reduce our cost $10,000 a month. That's just the first thing they want to do is just save a, over hundred grand a year. That's a pretty compelling case. So I was like, what would you pay for an application? If you could- <laughs> well, and what, you 25? Well, 50? the cost to build the application, yeah. if they just want something to manage their business is X, then to reduce cost of what how to do their business. You know, software saves people money if it's done the right way, obviously. So I'm, I'm not worried about the viability of it. There's no question reducing development time and cost 
is a huge market, right? So, well, and who's to say your your business doesn't turn? You know, if you if it turns out that they are really are wanting this mailing thing, maybe it's not insurance companies. Maybe you help small businesses or a specific set of them reduce the amount of mail they right. right? It could be it, it could either be either of those yes, directions. That's is right. The outcome of this. That's that's right. Yeah. And I was going to offer one more idea from my experience about asking for help in this way because we we're talking this morning about asking for help. And what you're really asking for is not, hey, can I sell to you or hey, can I market to you, yeah. the insurance company? You're saying, I want to learn from you. Right. So when you approach the existing insurance company you're working with and say, I'm looking for a referral, you're not looking for them to refer you to somebody for you to go sell. You're looking for people they know who have problems that you can go Correct. learn about. Correct. So when you yes. couch it in that way and yes. say, I don't have a product to sell. I don't have a website right. where they can go and pay and sign up. I just want to go talk to people That's like right. you where I can learn. Right. And you can exa- ask the exact same question of your network and say, I need to f- I'm need looking for insurance companies who have this kind of problem with data. Right. I would like to meet with them to learn from them. Do you know anybody like that? It's such an easy thing for people to say yes to. That's a great thing, yeah, to learn from them, right. Because that's what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. You're not showing up with a, with a pitch that's like, I've got this thing and I, I can give right. you the cost. It's not out of the box thing. Yeah, exactly. And I am hoping it gets refined where I, I mean, I truly in my head, I feel like this is a win-win from a referral standpoint because like using my contact, John, say we get through guinea pig beta and they're doing great. And I show him the, the reduction in cost and time to stamp that application. Well, if he knows somebody, not necessarily a competitor, but anyone who is spending a ton of money on development or is paying developers in-house and he's like, well, you can cut that and just have an application set up for a fraction of the cost. That helps him with his relationship with whoever he's referring to. Because like, you just sent me somebody who can now create me an application for you know, a tenth of the cost. You just saved me a bunch of money by sending someone to me, and I'm winning. They're winning. He, Everyone's happy. A, yeah. yeah, and so I do really feel like this industry and this model is a win-win from that perspective. But I like couching it as I want to learn from them. Because you do. I mean, I do think it's a three-way win, but I also think me learning is a great way to couch that so that's awesome yeah and if you go and learn and you actually learn i can't help you right then that's the end of it and that's good and that's good because i've learned something by not being able to help them yes (laughs) awesome yeah does that make sense about the three methods it does just being simple it does absolutely because i think sometimes marketing is so big yeah create a big marketing plan do all that no just do three simple things Well, for me, simple is good with marketing because it's not my forte. <laughs> no, it wasn't mine. I yeah. read so many books. I, I love so talking much to people, learning. and I get super. You probably can tell I get super crazy. I mean, I could talk all night about my application. I get super passionate, but the whole—I mean, some of the stuff that Sean said today was great. When you were up there talking, I mean, it's awesome. It, this day has helped me tremendously already, so it's very exciting. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Will you report back later in the week? Would love to. And tell us what happened. Absolutely. Cool. Thanks, Curtis. Thank you very much, Alan. I really appreciate the feedback. This was extremely helpful. What I'd love you to take from the first part of the interview with Curtis is have a simple, clear plan, pick a market, it doesn't really matter which one, and go out there and do it. And it's picking that niche or niche market and then attacking them, learning about them, and selling to them. So you're going to hear part two of the interview, which happened three days later at the Pop-Up Business School. And I'd love you to listen to the Curtis interview. I'd like you also to notice that Curtis is fighting the advice to niche down. And I find this fascinating because it's exactly what I did when I started my business. I didn't want to niche. I didn't want to choose a particular industry or a particular place. I wanted to help everyone. 
I was running training courses for corporate organizations. And if you asked me, what do you do, Alan? Well, I do these training courses that can help your people feel more confident and succeed more. And I can help you do anything. And guess how far I got. And I fought the advice to niche down because I didn't understand it. And it's really interesting when you're helping people with their business and going through the same issues that you faced. So I'd love you to listen to this and see if you can notice where Curtis is thinking and what he's thinking and why he's fighting niche down and what happens next. So it's been about what, three or four days since yes. we spoke at the start of the event. Yes. And we talked the first time about how to describe it, who to go to, yes, all of those things. There were some actions, there were some different bits. Like, what's happened since, Curtis? So our first conversation was great. I had thought about the very start of it when you asked me to explain what I was doing, what my product was. And I remember sitting here and thinking I was being very articulate and clear as to what I was building. And after a two-minute brief description, your reaction was, and I don't know verbatim, but it was, I understood all the words you just said for the last two minutes. However, I still don't understand what your product does. <laughs> and, you know, that struck me. I was like, this is great feedback because I, over the last several months while I've been developing my platform, speak to a lot of friends, colleagues, people in the, my professional sphere, and those who are very technical understand, but those who are not, I've had that same feedback. And I didn't really realize it until we had that conversation that I tend to explain it as if I'm talking to a CTO or someone who's in technology. So that was very eye-opening. And the next day, I had an opportunity to speak to someone, and they didn't know what I did, and they had asked. And I succinctly explained it in about 15 to 30 seconds. What did you say? I took out all the tech jargon, and I basically used an example to explain it versus trying to give them the technical details or the features of what it might do. I didn't explain industry. I just said, I'm really trying to take out time and cost of developers, and here's what it is. It's like Excel, using Excel in a web browser, and they immediately understood it. And then they dug in with a few additional questions, and then I could kind of explain or give other examples, and this person was not a technology person, but they followed right along, and then they, you could see his eyes light up, and he started asking more questions. And he was like, I'd love to follow you and keep track of what you're doing. I'm really curious as to how this goes. And that made me feel good because I've had that conversation before. And now I look in retrospect and realize I've had that same dialogue. And they walked away and they were like, I'm not sure what he does. And the slight furrowed brow of Right. Mm, so the excitement sure. wasn't quite there. But if they knew what I was up to, they, they might be as equally excited as the person I spoke to this past week. So that was great. So that alone was fantastic. And it's helped me really think as I'm talking to people. In the sessions this week, I've had several people come up and ask me, and each time I talk to them, I try to think of what's their background and explain it from that regard and get away from the technology jargon. And then when I speak to someone who is either a fellow programmer or has managed technology projects, I can get more technical and I, I can read their, their physical cues, and it's been just really helpful. So thank you for that. It's a pleasure because yeah. it's a process learning yeah. this stuff. Yeah. When I first started Pop-Up, there was no way I could describe it succinctly. Right. I tried lots of things, like it's a set of workshops over two weeks. Yeah. That doesn't sound very exciting. And you triggered another thought that I really gained from this this past week, which I have to say thank you again, is the whole conversation about sales. I was one of those people who I've always been in the technology or business side of things and never a salesperson, always kind of viewed sales as very scary. And one of the phrases you all have used is it's, it's 
the excitement of one person being shared with another and clearly articulating and communicating that vision. And when I start thinking of it in those terms, as I'm sure you can tell, I get very excited talking about what I'm doing. I'm very passionate about what I'm building. When I think of it in those terms and having those conversations, it doesn't feel like sales. It feels like I'm just sharing what I want to provide and the value I want to bring to customers. So that has given me a different view as well. And so those two things alone have just been amazing for me this week. I love that. And on that note, we at the end of the last chat, you said about uh, it was insurance companies, your personal network. You had a few people you I were going to go did. and speak to. I did. What so, happened? So that's great. So two things. One, I did walk away and have a slight challenge in my head. And I appreciate the exercise of let's focus on insurance companies. And I had said in our previous conversation that the product is not intended for a specific industry or niche. But to sell, I do need to get specific because there's no way to sell to the the world until you start building that brand recognition and, and its capabilities and, and prove that can work in any, any industry. And so the client I'm working with who is in the insurance industry, I'm absolutely going to ask for references and work with him. And he already knew that as we've been communicating over the last several months. But I did walk away from our conversation thinking, how do I go about just pitching to insurance companies when I'm not writing specific business logic for that industry? And so I've had that challenge, but I did reach out to somebody in my network, and they are in a juice company, a fruit company. A fruit company? Yes. And they are, were aware of what I had been working on. And so I wanted to take an opportunity to speak to them and explain what I was doing just to make sure that I had explained it correctly in the past after the conversations that you and I had had and about being more clear. And this couple that I know, they've been part of a juice company for over 10 years. It's a very large company. And when I spoke to them about what I was doing, they're not a company that's working off spreadsheets, but they have a bunch of old technology. They, in fact, use three systems to manage different parts of the business. And when I explained to them what I was doing, their eyes lit up, they understood it, and they were like, this is something that could help us expedite consolidating our technologies and getting onto a new technology platform much, much quicker and for a much cheaper cost. So they're very excited and interested in doing some beta testing when my beta version is done. So it was great because I got to communicate and talk to some more people about what I'm doing. But on the flip side, it was not in the insurance industry. So I am going to still talk to my current client that's in beta about the insurance industry. And I absolutely value and think that the advice you gave me was the right way to approach going after some niches. But I also still feel like I need to go to my local network of professionals and colleagues and see what comes of it because I don't know which industry this is going to strike with the most. And I don't know what your thoughts are on that. The only way to know which industry it's going to strike with most is to go and speak to a load of them. That's the only way to know. Fantastic. Uh, The reason for the thought to start with the insurance companies is because you've already done one. And based on that, you know their problems, you know what is costing them money, you know their language, and then you can just go and repeat that to a bunch of new ones. So that's the reason for that approach when you're going cold. It's different when you're going to your network because you've got a bunch of people that you know, like, and trust already. So let's just go chat to them, see what their problems are, talk to them about their technology. I think that is super smart. It's not an and or an or. Right. I'm not saying you only have to operate with insurance companies forever, Curtis. You're allowed to deal with anyone. (laughs) That makes Um, sense. (laughs) See, the thing is, marketing can become overwhelming. So when you think about, I've got to market my product to the market, the market is huge. And the way to make it feel as though, okay, I've got a way to start is to go, not the market, but to really come down to 
Let's find 10 insurance companies and chat to them. Oh, I can do that. But marketing is huge. Yes. So especially when you're a solopreneur, you're starting off, it's just you. You have to make this up. You have to do the calls. You have to do it. Uh, and I remember when I started doing pop-up business school, it was the realization that housing associations were the way for me to start housing authorities. Like If you Google housing authority and city, the contact details are there. And it's I can right just there. Ring them. If I Google help starting residents start a business, there's nothing there. If you Google companies that use spreadsheets... I'll get nothing. Well, you kind of go out there and you go, I don't know where to start, yes. what do I do, how do I do this? Right. So the key is, who can you actually pick up a phone? The size of your products and services, who can we actually pick up a phone to? Who can we send an email to? And actually, let's just do this. And if you know it's your network that's warm, that's a fantastic way to start. If you know it's 10 insurance companies, great way to start. If you know, so the fruit business, I'm assuming we would call it in England an FMCG, fast-moving consumer goods business. Okay. Finding other businesses like that. So if it's a fruit juice business, what other businesses are like that that have a similar type of issue and let's go after them. And it doesn't really matter which industry. It's just have you got a clear action and can you actually grow your business by making sales and calls? That makes sense. Yeah. So what's the next step with the fruity business? So I let them know that I was in beta with this first client and I have a target for April 1st to have them using their application in beta. So we've got about a month and nine yeah, days. Exactly. And so uh, my follow-up with them will be between now and April 1st to schedule some time. It is a personal contact, so it's someone I can get a hold of easily. And the goal is to get with them and talk about doing a demo for them. One of the things that I've learned talking this past week, a couple things. One was back to the marketing, which is finding people in Facebook groups and LinkedIn that I know since I am going to try and go to my personal network first. And I think advertising in specific Facebook groups just to get any contacts who may know somebody who could use this as well as those who may need it directly is one thing. The other thing I realized is back to the start of our conversation, explaining a very technical product can be difficult. And one of my visions has been to have like a two or three minute video sort of demonstrating what it does. So as I speak to people and direct them to my website and have conversations, I might be able to say, hey, here's a three minute video that really encapsulates everything this product can do without getting into all those details and features because they need the high level first. And I'm learning that as I'm communicating, this could maybe save you time and money. And that may be the most appealing thing, but ultimately they're going to need to know what does it do from a technical solution standpoint? And they'll want to drill in. And instead of me digging into all the things that are in my head of, about this big product, let them see a very nice high-level overview, two, three-minute video to give them kind of a, a baseline. And then from there, the dialogue and communication go forward. So I think that's something I'm going to look to do after I get through beta and deal with not only my first customer, but this juice company and might be an approach to marketing. Does that sound like a reasonable idea with a technology product? Yeah, it's absolutely a great idea. Okay. A very short video that describes it is a fantastic idea. Okay. So I did a lot of work for one of the biggest technology companies in the world, helping them to present and pitch their ideas. And what I found was for this company, they had a lot of the engineer type people, the technical people going out and pitching, and they are very detailed focused. Right. So detailed focused. 
and they would go and meet the owner of the business or the CTO or the COO and all those people who just didn't have the same level of technical knowledge. Right. And we kind of need to float you right up to the top of this helps you manage your customers better. And it'll help eradicate all the problems you have with your different spreadsheets talking to each other. It'll save you money and time. Great. Then it goes, how does it do that? Then you can describe a bit of detail. Sure. Then it goes, oh, how does that plug into this? And then you can describe a bit more detail. But we have to start right at the top with the vision, with the here's how it works, before we get to the detail. That makes sense. Especially because you're speaking to small, medium-sized companies you're probably going to be talking at founder, yes. owner level, and they're not going to know all of the technical words. They're really not. Correct. The first two companies I'm talking to, one is the founders and one is one level below the founders. So they want to know, just tell me how it integrates these things right. and makes my life easier, my life easier and then correct. we can do it. <laughs> <laughs> how much time and money can you save and how is it solving the problem? <laughs> if yes, tick, let's go for it. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so I think a simple video that you can show people is fantastic. Okay. The best way to learn a pitch is to do it. Okay. So my advice to you would be, before you create the video, go out to 10 to 15 people in your network, say, can I have a call, and tell them about it. That's and great. try different versions of your pitch. The only way I was able to get a good version of my pitch was by going through a whole host of versions where I got the blank face back of, I don't really know what you're saying, Alan. Which I've had a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> I've had plenty of those in my day. Uh, and that's feedback. You've not quite hit the mark yet. Right. <laughs> so you tweak and try another version, you tweak and try another version, and then eventually you get to a version that you say it, and it clicks with most people you talk to. That's great. But the only way to get to version two is to do version one. And you know this with software, it's exactly the same with pitches. With software, you get version one out into the marketplace, you get feedback, you do the beta, you get there. This is exactly what 100%. we need to do with your pitch and marketing is beta it. Get yep. it out there, tell people, see the feedback, develop the next one. That's a good analogy because I follow that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's get it straight perfect. out there. That's perfect, yes. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> so my challenge to you would be over the weekend over the next few days, can you go and pitch or talk to 10 or 12 or 15 of your network? 100%, Maybe yes. Monday or Tuesday yeah. after the weekend? Maybe I already have a list going of people that I had intended to reach out as I got through this beta phase, so absolutely can do that. Let's start the conversation now, and it can be a very, very loose bit. Of, I'm building this business. I'm doing the bit. I'd love just to tell you about it to get your feedback. That's all I want and have that chat. And then you can say, this is what it is. This is what it does. Get the feedback. That will develop the pitch. Then when you come to do the video, you'll have the wording down. I love that. And you can deliver it beautifully. It's perfect takeaway from me. Will you let me know how it goes next week? Absolutely. We'll let you know. Excellent. Thank you, Alan. Again, appreciate it. So that was the second interview with Curtis. And there's so much I want you to take from this particular episode that you can use for your business in sales and marketing, because this is the same advice that I end up giving every course to every entrepreneur who comes to me and says, how do I end up getting it out there? So let's go through the different points. And I really want you to take these away and apply it to your business. Number one is pick a niche or a niche market. Pick it it doesn't really matter which one. doesn't matter whether it's an insurance company, a fast-moving consumer business, or this or that. doesn't matter what the niche is. 
but you must pick one. That's where you can hone in and test it. And if you think you've got your niche market right, I would like you to go to Google, type it in and see what turns up. If you get results you can actually action on and go and speak to them and go and sell, then you've got a clearly defined niche market. If you can't find these people, then you're going to struggle with it. The second thing I'd love you to take away from this is it is about going out and talking to your actual customers. When I first launched my business, I would do everything I could to avoid going to speak to real customers because I was nervous, because I was shy, because I was scared of getting rejected. So I would work on the website, I would work on my marketing materials, I would read books, which obviously learning is good, but I was doing it to avoid having the real conversations. And that's what you need to do is go out there and talk to the real customers, speak to them, find out what their problems are, learn from them. And in those conversations, you will develop the pitch that will enable you to create the marketing materials and to create the video and all the rest of it. Most entrepreneurs do it the wrong way round. They create the marketing materials first and have the conversations second. What I suggest to you is have the conversations first and then use those learnings to create the marketing materials to go out wider. So pick that niche and then go and talk to them. And the third thing I'd love you to take from this episode is about keeping it simple and taking massive action. What you've got to do with your business is choose the three things you're going to do to market your business. Whatever it is, I'm going to speak to my network. I'm going to send out emails. I'm going to make phone calls. It doesn't really matter what it is. Pick three ways of doing it and then take massive action. Get out there and do it. That's the key. It's the speed and the energy with which you implement that simple marketing method. So pick three things you're going to do for your business. Take action, get them done and go out there as quickly as possible. Then in two weeks time, when you've done that, when you've spoken to people, when you've had some meetings, when you've sent out emails, you will get the market feedback that will tell you whether you've A, picked the right niche market, B, picked the right pitch and C, whether the right marketing methods are there. But if you don't take that massive action and get it out there, you'll never get the feedback. You'll never learn. And that's the key. Marketing is about testing and learning. What I'd love you to take away from this episode is pick a niche market, go and speak to them, pick three marketing methods and take massive action. That is what it's all about. Thanks for tuning in to the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. And I would love you to let me know how you're getting on. After you've listened to this episode, like go do some marketing, go do some sales and tell me how you're getting on. And if I could ask one thing in return for doing the episodes, if you get a chance, please go to iTunes or Spotify or your favorite platform and leave us a review. The reviews help us to spread the message of what we're doing. Thanks for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Go make stuff happen. You've been listening to Rebel Entrepreneur with Alan Donegan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to get new, fresh episodes as soon as they've launched. To stay up to date with the rebellion, visit choosefi.com slash rebel. Thanks for joining the rebellion.